Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's time for Come and Talk It with your host, Michael Cargill, brought to you by Texas Law Shield. Over the last decade, Michael has championed and supported the rights of law-abiding Texans to own and use firearms. He is the owner of Central Texas Gunworks, a veteran of the United States Army, and has achieved national exposure in such prestigious media outlets such as Forbes Magazine, Fox Business News, CNN Money, AOL, BBC World News, Huffington Post, and the New York Times. Cargill vigorously defends lawful gun ownership in this country without regard to party politics. And now, here's Michael Cargill. Good day, Austin, Texas, the live music capital of the world. Let's praise the Lord and pass the ammunition. All right, so let's get right into it. What was the worst attack of a school in the United States? That's what I'm asking today. Can you tell me what is the worst attack on American soil? Well, you know what? Most people don't know. They don't know. You know why? Because they have short-term memory. That's why. Well, I'm going to tell you, the worst attack was on May 18, 1927, in Bath Township in Michigan. You know what? Guess how many people were killed at that school? 44. And most of them were children back in 1927. Andrew Kehoe was an electrician working in the school uh, for weeks, you know, while that school was being built. And so what he did was basically he rigged explosives so that he could actually blow up the school. After blowing up the school, you know what he did? He went out to his car and blew himself up after he killed 44 people, mostly children. Before even going to the school, do you know what he did? He killed his wife and set his farm on fire. And he didn't use a gun. Now, he was angry. He was angry because the city, they actually foreclosed on his property, and they were using those tax dollars to actually pay for the school. So he was very angry. He was a monster. Can't legislate crazy. Timothy McVeigh, you remember him? Timothy McVeigh killed 168 people and injured 680 of them. Let's get these numbers right, people. He killed 168 and he injured 680. And he did this with a rental truck and some equipment and stuff that he purchased from Home Depot. But I don't see us going out there and, and boycotting Rhino Rental Truck. I don't see us going out there and boycotting Home Depot. The Florida school shooter, cops were sent to his home 39 times. 39 times, and they did nothing. The FBI was notified two times, and they did nothing. Three armed deputies 
were outside of that school when that shooting started. And they did nothing while those kids were being slaughtered. You can't keep drugs out of elementary schools. You can't keep drugs out of streets. You can't even keep drugs out of federal prisons. But you're going to tell me that you're going to do something about guns, keeping criminals from getting guns? Well, we're going to talk about it today. We got a studio full of people, and we're going to, I want to learn from you. I want to hear what you have to say. Our call-in number is 512-643-5483. That's 512-643-5483. Come and talk it. So let me welcome my panelists. I tell you, we have a special guest in the studio today. All the way from the U.K., we have BBCs in the house from the U.K. And, sir, you, you got to tell people about you. Tell them your name and just, you know, what's your background? Thank you, Michael. It's great to be on your show today. Uh, I'm from London uh, and Yorkshire in the United Kingdom. I was a politician for 20 years. Uh, I was a member of our parliament. I was actually the cabinet minister in charge of all the schools and all the policies for children and young people um, back in um, 10 years ago. I was a shadow chancellor, which means that I was the guy in parliament who debated every week with the guy in charge of all the money for all the United Kingdom, the chancellor. I came out of politics in 2015. I lost my seat in the general election. These things happen. That's politics. And in the last couple of years, I've done quite a few different things, including being on the UK Dancing with the Stars. Oh, of course, Strictly Come Dancing. Right. So nice. I've done the cha-cha-cha and uh, <laughs> a very memorable salsa. Uh, and I'm here in America because... I was asked uh, by the BBC to come and find out what's happening in America a year on from the presidential election, the election of Donald Trump, what's happening and how do people see what the president's doing and particularly looking at the question of law and order and how things are changing. And yesterday you invited me to your school and I did the whole um, Texas handgun license course uh, I passed, which was a relief. And then yesterday, I went out to the shooting range, and for the very first time in my life, I fired a handgun. How was that? It was um, empowering, memorable. <laughs> it was memorable. I think all my life, uh, I've never touched a gun. Guns are so not part of our culture, our society. Um, I was kind of. I think in the past, I would have been appalled at the idea of me firing a gun, unless I was been called to serve in our armed forces so I was but actually by the end of the course yesterday I was actually quite looking forward to it and I find it scary but also um, I'm glad I did it I'm now a bit appalled that um, I enjoyed it wow but I did enjoy firing the gun um, because it's hard and uh, but I found handling the gun a lethal weapon found that quite challenging i didn't enjoy that it kind of brought out the alpha dog in you it sounds like mm. i'm not sure about that i think um look in the end when you're up there and you've got a target and it's a competition i've got to get my score to pass i definitely was a bit competitive trying to make sure i hit my target but uh <laughs> but the point where i first load the gun and actually hold it thinking you know i'm holding a a deadly weapon that is it's a scary moment actually okay. and uh I'm not sure that um, I could imagine doing it with you standing by me <laughs> in a gun range. I can't imagine ever wanting to walk 
through the streets on my own holding a gun. It's like I tell people in my class, you know, it could be 10 seconds or 12 seconds that would change your life forever. Mm. And we're going to talk about something that we well, talked about last night. The thing about your class, Michael, is you spend the whole time <laughs> teaching people firing a gun is not a good idea. <laughs> you taught them there's loads of other ways to solve a problem. I felt that some of the guys in your class had come thinking they were going to be taught how to fire a deadly weapon and why it's a good thing. And quite a few of them went out thinking, why have I got this weapon in the first place? They mean, they, actually, they're definitely going to think twice. Twice, absolutely. absolutely. I thought you really, really... I mean, it's kind of a contradiction, really. You come from for a class with a champion of gun ownership who spends six hours persuading you that firing your gun is a really, really bad idea. <laughs> Could be 10 seconds and 12 seconds that would change your life forever. And I try to say that like a thousand times uh, because you're right. They come to class and, and I tell them, you know, this, if this is your Second Amendment right. You have a right to do this. You can do this. Uh, I'll tell you where you can. You cannot take that handgun. What you can, you cannot do with that handgun. Um, but you're right. Absolutely. The majority of the time, I'm telling them, look, if you do do this, that could be 10 seconds or 12 seconds. That would change your life forever. Well, look, we were talking about what would happen if you were in a public place, you'd park your car, and then a shooting started. And lots of people said, I'd run back to my truck, get my gun out of um, the holster, and then run in to shoot the shooter. And I saw your face, and you were kind of... <gasps> No. no, that is not what you do. You call the police right. and you go for safety. Because right. you have to make them think, you know, what do you think is going to happen? Police are going to respond within three minutes, four minutes, whatever it is. And if you go in to that building and you're, you have a gun in your hand, yeah. what are police going to think when they show up? You're the shooter. Of course. But, did, shooter. but didn't you think quite a few of the people on the course had come because they thought their gun was... To be used. I mean, they were almost looking forward to it. Absolutely. Oh, they, they, they were. But hold on. Let me uh, go over to Texas Gun Sense and welcome um, Jill. Jill to the show. Jill, so welcome to Come and Talk It. So, Jill, tell people about you, uh, your organization, Texas Gun Sense. So, I'm Jill Switzer, and I'm the new-ish executive director of Texas Gun Sense. We're all about common sense, evidence-based uh, policies that reduce gun injuries and deaths. Uh, been around five years since uh, the Sandy Hook uh, massacre. And um, I thank Michael for inviting me. I will say that I don't know how to dance. I'm re really bad at the dancing. So. And you think I knew how to dance? <laughs> no idea. So, and I'm looking forward to taking your class, and I'll, I'll put you on the spot for a discount, okay. you know, while we're on the air. You here. know what, Jill? You know, I would give you the class for free. Oh, because I, I want to make sure you come and you sit and you get that experience yes. because some people have that this notion that, you know, I'm this type of person that that's teaching people, you know, to really go out and shoot and kill people. And mm -hmm. I'm telling them to go shoot people for whatever piece of property that they own. And you're going to find that that's actually not what we teach in class. That's not what any LTC instructor in Texas teaches. So, you know, we, we tell you that, you know, carrying this gun is a great responsibility. And you come to my class, you're definitely going to learn that. Okay. And you'll learn the right way. And I would just say that I, I bet at the end of this conversation there'll be more things that we agree on than we disagree on. No, absolutely, absolutely. And then also my co-host, Janai. You know, Janai, she has a, a wonderful story, and I, I kind of want Janai to tell you guys why in the first place she got involved in firearms. You know, why does she think that it would be good for her to get a gun? And what changed her life 
decide to take her, you know, just take the steps in her life to make sure that she can take her own, you know, just her own responsibility. Uh, but our call-in number is 512-643-LIVE. That is 512-643-5483. Janai. Yes. Hi. Um, yes, my name is Janai Hales, and I'm a local business owner. I met Michael originally. Um, it was real funny. Um, I have a business two blocks from the state capitol, and they were all out there doing their march. They all had rifles and the Starbucks across the street wouldn't let them in um, because there was about, oh, 60 of them, I think. And I own a coffee shop across the street, Caddy Corner, from the Starbucks. Me being very pro-gun, they came in and they said, hey, is it okay? And I said, absolutely. And so ever since then, we became friends and that's how I got on the show. But uh, I'm, I'm definitely very pro-gun. Um, there's been several instances in my life that have impacted me. Um, the two uh, most important ones were um, in 1990, my sister, she was in Jackson. I grew up in Jacksonville, North Carolina. She was um, abducted, raped, mm. and murdered. And um, her body wasn't found for nine months. Her boyfriend was shot in the back of the head with a sawed-off shotgun, their own gun. And um, three years later, um, I happened to have a stalker. And the one night that I was home alone, that person broke into my house and was sitting down next to my bed staring at me when I woke up. Um, I proceeded to fight for my life for a good 30 minutes, um, and I finally managed to get away and ran outside and sought help. But ever since then, um, the first one of the first things I did after that was I went and bought a gun. I never had owned a gun of my own prior to that. I grew up in a military town, so I'd always been around guns and whatnot, but I never purchased one for myself. And that was what brought me to finally uh, taking gun ownership for myself very seriously. All right. So when we come back from the break, I'm going to ask you, and I'm going to ask our audience, because we have quite a few people here in the audience, what should we do? Uh, we just had this school shooting in Florida. Uh, some of our legislatures, what they're, they're suggesting is that we actually raise the, the age limit from 18 to 21 for long guns. Uh, some people are recommending that we uh, arm teachers. But I'm going to ask people in the audience, what do you think we should do? What should we do to solve this problem that we have? Or is it a problem? You know, can we really legislate crazy? Are there any things that they're suggesting right now that would have stopped this shooter? I'm going to ask you. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. on Noir, and you're listening to Come and Talk It with Michael Cardell. When news happens, it happens here. Talk 1370, the right choice. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. Okay, we're back, and I'm asking you, people out there, Facebook land, I'm asking you to give us a call, 512 643 5483. 
That's 512-643-LIVE. Come and talk it. But you know what? I'm going to ask our, our studio audience, you know, what would you do? What do you think we should do? You know, should we actually arm teachers? Should we uh, raise the age limit from 18 to 21? You know, should we ban all lung guns altogether? Do you think that's even a possibility? So I'm going to walk around. I'm going to ask you, what do you think we should do? <laughs> you don't know who I'm going to come to, do you? No. All right. Yeah, right here. So tell me your name and what should we do? Oh, boy. Uh, my name is Max and uh, or Maximilian. Uh, let me think about this. I shockingly, I mean, I guess w- one thing that I think of regarding this situation is just how, how common it is and how soon it needs to be addressed. Like, for instance, there's more deaths every year from, from botched abortions here in the U.S., so if the media, for instance, covered that every time it happened, that'd be something that requires, like, immediate action. So that's, to me, how I kind of view these school shootings. If you actually look at the overall numbers each year, each one's a horrible tragedy. But I think the numbers and the focus the media does on it makes it seem like it's a more urgent issue than it really is in proportion to our population. All right, so I know this uh, with this Florida shooting, you, you're talking about the school. You asked those students, you know, who's the person that was probably likely to commit this, you know, this heinous act? They would have told you, this guy. Mr. Cruz, if you would have asked, uh, you know, the anyone in the administration, you know, who's the one that was actually going to do this, they would have told you, Mr. Cruz. So they all knew this guy was a bad guy, a terrible guy. Why didn't they press charges? They expelled him from school. They suspended him from school. So how come the 39 times that the law enforcement visited his house, how come they didn't actually involuntarily admit him or charge him with something like, uh, you know, anything? They could have charged him with something. They did nothing. So what new laws can we put on the books? You know, what do you suggest we do? Hi. Uh, so my name is Jesse Bennett. And um, I guess that in my mind, the best solution would be to um, to offer perhaps a pay raise for teachers that are willing to uh, have a concealed carry permit and to carry in the school. Um, I also think that it should be on body if they're carrying to avoid, you know, some sort of tragedy where a kid gets a hold of it or something to that extent. But, yeah. So definitely, sure. you're saying arm the teachers, all right? What do you say? I actually agree with that. If a teacher is comfortable with doing that, you know, a teacher that was willing to take up arms against that could have prevented that tragedy, could have prevent, saved lives. Um, also, my name is Sabrina Miller. Um, and also, I think that there's a, a mental health crisis in the United States. It's stigmatized. Something needs to be done about it. I mean, our children are suffering. It's, I have two teachers right there. So you know what? Let's go to the phone lines. I, I call in numbers 512-643-5483. That's 512-643-5483. Come and talk it. So let's go to line one. Line one, Sharon. Sharon, tell me about you and what do you think we should do? Oh, hi, Michael. My name is, uh, I'm sorry, you already said that. I'm nervous. Um, That's okay. You're doing fine. <laughs> well, you know, I've taught school for 37 years, and we never had this problem. We had bomb threats and stuff like that, but we never really were afraid to keep our doors open. But now the schools, they have to be on lockdown all the time. And... By that, I mean you can't have any doors open in a school building. And how he got in that day, it bothers me because, I don't know, that just seems like 
such a waste. Somebody wasn't doing their job. So, Sharon, let me ask you, um, what should we do? <laughs> what should we do? If, you, if for... you were if you were God for a day, you are Jesus himself, mm-hmm. what would you do to fix this problem? Well, I, I would start with the mental health. I taught students who were emotionally disturbed, and I taught kids from kindergarten to second grade. So we know there's a problem and these kids just keep getting pushed farther along and then when they get up to high school the problem hadn't been addressed and we're failing them we're failing ourselves okay i would be willing to when i was a teacher i i was after sandy hook i went and i took the course I took the class, Um, you know, I had a gun, Um, I fired the gun, I passed the test, I hated every minute of it, but I was going to be one of the first people to sign up to carry a gun on my campus if they would allow that. So you're all for teachers carrying guns then? Oh, yes, 100%. I've been on lockdown in the floor with these kids with... Um, crying and knowing that I'm a, I'm their only protection. Okay, and I had no protection. All right, awesome. You hold on there, Sharon, because I'm going to come back to you. Um, so you know, Ed, Ed, Ed Balls. So tell me, you know, what do you what are your thoughts? You know, I got a people saying arm the teachers. You know, what would they say in the UK about this? I think you have to ask the question: Why is it in America? you're having such a huge number of mass shootings in schools. Uh, and you could ask that question before you then got onto the solution. If it is the case that you just have to accept as a reality of life that at any point in time, somebody might walk into a school armed and start shooting, then you get into, do you have... Um, gates, do you have armed teachers, armed security guards? As a parent, that feels pretty horrible because I have three kids and I would like to think that when they went to school, I could know they were going to be safe and that they weren't going to be shot. But if it's just a reality that um, people might walk in with guns, uh, then you've got to try and defend against that. But there's a prior question, which is, why are so many people walking to schools with guns in America why is it so easy for people who want to do these things to get these guns in the first place? Ed, because it's a no-gun zone. That's the one place where guns are not allowed. In 1996 in um, Britain, we had a, a mass shooting. It was in a place in Scotland called Dunblane. A man went into a school with a, a handgun uh, and he shot um, teachers and children, around 20 of them. And... Uh, I remember the day it happened because I was working in our parliament. Everybody was really shocked by this. And we made a decision as a society, as Britain, the same thing happened in Australia a couple of years later, that we were not going to let people carry a handgun. We banned handguns. And in the last 20 years, since 2000, we haven't had a single school shooting. The same thing happened in Australia they said we're not going to let people walk around with handguns and since then they've just like had one or two i think three 
And isn't, in the end, the reason why you're having so many school shootings, not because the teachers aren't armed, but because you're making it so easy for that 19-year-old to get a gun in the first place. I understand. But you're I, having, you're, there are other ways that you guys are you're having a lot of crime. Yeah. There's crime in your country. And so there, there's terrorism. You have people that are, that are just blowing citizens up. Well, so course, what are you going to do? Aren't bombs illegal in, in the UK? Of course. In our society, of course we face a terror threat. We faced it in the past from Northern Ireland and more recently from ISIS. Of course there's crimes are committed. But in America you have four times the murder rate we have and you have thousands of mass shootings and we have almost none. And actually we don't in have last, thousands. Well, in we the, don't in, have thousands. In the last six years you've had 1,600 mass shootings. No, let's... let's as I understand let's, it. Okay, let's That's what I read it, in the New York Times. Let's bring this back because here's but what people are doing. I'm making is, people are using those numbers. They're, okay. they're, they're using the numbers. They're including the shooter for one in some of those numbers. And what are you okay. classifying as a mass shooting? Well, it, are you saying two? Are you saying three? Are you saying four? Because the FBI has their number and then you have the anti-gun groups. They have their number. I was just reading an article in the New York Times using the official statistics which was looking at any shootings where four or more people were killed okay, so in an more, attack. Right now, i got a bunch of gang members six, right now. Yeah, well, so gang violence. That's a mass killing. Okay. We have... Police officer involved shooting. We have... Well, look, in, in, of course, in Britain, it, look, it's a very different society because <laughs> we don't have legal guns other than for very restricted uses. It's very different from America. Our police officers don't carry guns. If police officers arrive at a crime scene, they arrive unarmed. But they're also expecting people in the house not to be armed because people generally don't own guns and it is illegal to own a handgun. My point is, if you look at the, all the international evidence, the countries which have looser gun laws have more murders and more school shootings. And the countries which have restricted their gun laws, I mean, you'd have to go as far as Britain, but have restricted them are countries which have fewer murders and almost no and actually that's, shootings. that's absolutely so, so not true. Yeah. It is true. We can look at our neighbors, Mexico. Yeah. Explain that number to me. Well, look, America is a is the richest country in the world. Oh, so Mexicans with, don't count. Is that what no, you're saying, Ed? I'm just saying, if you look across um, developed economies with um, who have the kind of history we all have of law enforcement, what you see is these mass shootings are in the tiny numbers. Um, like you know, one a year or less, and the murder rates are lower. There's a prior question here, which is, even if you want, as of course people do in Texas, you want to stick with the Second Amendment right to own a gun, aren't there ways in which you can have restrictions and laws which make it harder for a 19-year-old to walk into a school with a semi-automatic weapon and start shooting. That would never happen in Britain because it would be impossible for a 19-year-old to get a semi-automatic weapon legally and illegally um, it's almost impossible as well. So instead, so in instead the end, in Great Britain, what they do is they use knives and then they'll they'll create a bomb and do a bomb. You had well, your, you bombs had the, what, what, what was that little incident where you had those officers get shot? Sure. Uh, you had a bunch of officers respond to a call in Europe, and then the officers that arrived at the scene, none of them had firearms at all, and so you had people that actually had guns, and you guys had nothing to stop that case oh. or that incident. But let me hold on, Ed. Let the me evidence, go back to though, me. but Michael, the evidence is, if you have more guns. 
you have more shootings and murders. Actually, and we, we put more guns. Actually, in, our numbers says more guns equals less crime. Well, Do you know that the majority of our the majority of gun violence in the U.S. has actually decreased here? More guns have been added. We have millions of firearms, and our, our violent crime is actually going down. How do you... How you've, do you had, you've had four mass shootings in schools in the last couple of months, and we haven't had a single one in 20 years. But you've had the evidence is, you've had in, bombings. I'm afraid, in the end, if you give guns to teachers, there will be more shootings in schools. And as a parent, I would rather teachers taught... Kids learned, and we could be confident that they were safe. And I think in the end, of course, you have to have security. And of course, you need to make sure that schools are properly drilled and trained. But in the end, if it's as easy as it is in America to get guns, especially when you're young, then you'll have more shootings. And so I would say, you know, uh, I have to say, I think President Donald Trump is right when he's been saying in the last few days... We need now to debate how we have more controls on guns. Because unless you have more controls on guns, you're going to carry on having these horrific levels of shootings. Okay. Well, let me go back to my audience here. Because I actually, I, I disagree with you on that. You know, 100%. Does that mean that you disagree with the president as well? Mike? Oh, if, I tell you what, if this president of the United States who is a Republican, if he decides to actually restrict firearms, he will be a one-term president and you can see say la vie. But because a, I'm a, one thing about me is I'm a one-issue guy that is the Second Amendment. And even though he's a conservative, if he does anything to restrict firearms, he will not see another term in office. But he's also a politician, Michael, and there has been a huge public outcry in the last week since Parkland. No, what you have now is you, a position have, you where have kids that are a majority doing of Tide people Pods. are saying, You have your Tide Pod kids actually complaining right now. These kids that are, are actually in shock are the ones that you're actually seeing on the news. And you have CNN and someone else who's backing them up, paying for their transportation yep. to go from South Florida to North Florida that is actually doing this. But let me well, give me I some think- numbers here. Just because one thing I actually do, because you, you said several thousand mass shootings a little while ago. Sixteen hundred. And because the thing is, there aren't even that many mass shooting deaths total in this country in the last 50 years, if you add them all up, like but school shootings. Thousands, and there's been 1,600 since Sandy Hook. It's school shootings? No, mass shootings, oh. more than four. But there's not that many mass shooting deaths that have occurred in U.S. history in, in school. So how would that be possible? No, no. It, a mass shooting is a shooting anywhere yeah. in America where more than four people die. And there have been okay. over 1,600 of those in the last six which, years. What you have Sandy to understand, Hook. Max, what he's talking about, he's talking about whenever a police officer shoots someone, they include that as a mass shooting. No, he's also talking about gang violence. Uh, that's also is going to be a mass shooting. So those are the numbers that they're adding into that. That's right. All right. But let me talk to someone. But when we come back from the break, I want to talk to someone that's actually been shot. Uh, what does that feel like to actually have that bullet rip through your body and not have the means to actually protect yourself? This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. Peace, this is Marsh Cure. You're listening to Come and Talk It Radio with Michael Cargill. Sound off on the news of the day with the talk poll online at talk1370.com. Talk1370, the right choice.
Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. That's right. We're talking about what are the solutions to the gun violence? Uh, should we regulate crazy? Uh, can we just create more new laws and put those on the books? So, um, you know, we're asking you, what are some of your suggestions? So I'm going to go back to our studio audience and let me go over here to uh, Ben. So, Ben, stand up and tell me a little bit about yourself. Come on over here because I want you to tell me a little bit about yourself and what happened to you. Stand back here. Well, uh, I've been shot stomach by a so-called crazy person and i'd say it's a result of the 68 gun control act see i was legislated out of firearms ownership because i got a felony for growing marijuana and he knew that i was unarmed and he took advantage of that you know who else has been legislated out of firearm ownership the thousand kids in that school building um they used to have firearms rights too but they were taken away that's what it is okay all right, all right. Thank you, Ben. And let me let me go. This guy uh, right here in the with the black sh- black jacket on. So tell me, what's the number one way uh, that people die in the U- United States? Number one way, motor vehicle accidents. Motor vehicle accidents. What's the next way? Poisoning. Poisoning. What's the next way? Medical mistakes. Medical mistakes. And how about it, it, can it, how about abortions? Do you know that in New York City, more black babies are aborted in New York City than that are born? More black babies are aborted in New York City than born. That's what we're talking about. But I don't see these people standing up in front of abortion clinics or anything like that. I don't see them doing that. Instead, they encourage people to have abortions. That means you're killing the black population, people. That means the Democrat Party is responsible for killing the black community in New York City. Am I wrong? Someone tell me I'm wrong. The Dem- Anyone. The Democrat Party. That's right, because they're encouraging people. They encourage people and brag about the fact that aren't it's there, great to have an abortion. Aren't there Republicans who believe in a woman's right to choose as well? Yes. So it's not the Democrat Party, it's Democrats and Republicans. No, 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 no. There's a Democrat Party. But there are Democrats and Republicans who believe yes, in a woman's right to choose. Yes, it's their platform, though. It's the Democratic platform. Didn't Donald Trump himself support abortion? What's the platform of the Democratic Party? Well, I think it's a woman's right to choose. Okay. But, of course, within, within restrictions. And it's, it's okay to encourage them to do that as well. Because that's what they're doing. They're bragging about the fact, hey, uh, let's celebrate our abortion. Let's celebrate, but, shout your abortion, hashtag. But an abortion in America today is legal... And a killing of a child in a school is illegal. And you can't morally equate those two things, can you really? There's a difference between what's legal, what's illegal, well, and morality. Of course. And the American um, society and constitution has allowed people with an unborn child within limits to make a choice on abortion. And the children who died in Parkland had no choice why are, they we were not, down? why are we not standing in front of uh, car dealerships and actually protesting automobiles? Because, you know, the majority of your vehicles should not go 200 miles an hour if that you oh. get that Porsche, that Lamborghini, because the fastest speed limit in Texas is 85 miles an hour. So your vehicle shouldn't go that fast. But we do have vehicles that go that fast. And more people die on, sure. on Texas highways than they are shot by well, guns. As a um, former legislator myself... I would be very happy to sit down with you and discuss how we can have speed control. And I'd be happy to sit down with you and work out how we can have gun control. And I'd rather do both. All right. Let's go to Texas Gun Sense. Uh, Jill, you know, what would you suggest that we do here? Well, 
the last thing that you said was about cars. And um, as a car owner who's had many recalls, <laughs> I make sure they happen. And uh, firearms have had plenty of recalls as well. And and I think there are people who advocate around the issue of car safety for for a long time. There's been that issue. We of advocate car gun safety. safety. We get a little pamphlet and put those in those. Uh, in every gun, every firearm comes with a gun safety pamphlet and also a lock. And. Do people always use the best, uh, the gun locks that you give? That's what we advocate in class, and we tell them, lock those firearms up. Because you know that in Texas, if a child gets access to your firearm, is not discharged, no one's injured, you can get charged with a Class C misdemeanor. But if a child gets access to your readily dischargeable firearm, is discharged, and someone's injured, you will get charged with a Class A misdemeanor. That's up to one year in jail. If your child gets access to your readily dischargeable firearm, is discharged. Let's say they shoot and kill themselves. Shoot and kill another one of their kids. The state of Texas will give you seven days to go and bury your child before they come and arrest you and charge you with a Class A misdemeanor. So we have laws on the books. And I would say the problem around that, the child access protection law, is that it's not enforced. I would agree with you 100%. It's good that the law is on the books, and the problem is that it's not enforced. And I think that's often a political decision, and it's something that you and I could work together on, is ensuring that those issues are followed up on. So maybe a public safety message, you know, to just encourage people to do that. But there are no more new laws that we can actually put on the books because the laws actually exist. We have a laws against a lot of that stuff, Ed. But look, there's, there's a Texan who drives a car down the road. Uh-huh. Maybe a Texan who owns a gun for hunting. Sure. In a certain licensed way. That is different from a 19-year-old walking into a school with a semi-automatic weapon, which is more like a 19-year-old in car terms driving that through... That handgun is also semi-automatic, Ed. Driving through Austin in a tank. You're, 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 and, and you wouldn't possibly allow a citizen to this, drive a the tank The long gun that you're talking the road, about is you? no different than that handgun. They're both semi-automatic. Yeah. More people are shot and killed by handguns in this country than long guns. Sure. And in, in Britain, it is possible to own a gun for hunting. In Britain, but, when but they get be... in trouble, you know who they're going to call? But the it... United States of America. But you it... know why? Because we have guns. Well, <laughs> well and, you know, and um, in the Second World War, when we called you, you came and helped us. And that was um, soldiers from Britain and America in the armed forces trained fighting an enemy that wasn't citizens aged 19 walking into a school and firing a gun. I, mean, I, I have to say, sir, the idea that the solution to this is to allow children to have the right to carry a gun into school, are you really saying that that would make them safer? Kids used to have guns. They used to, they used to have gun racks in their trucks. They used to go to school. They used to have guns in their lockers. Mm-hmm. And they weren't getting shot up then because okay. you're wa- you, when you create a room full of people, you know, that are, are, are vulnerable like that, you're asking for sure. a predator to just come. Like, that's a school of, 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 of minnows for a shark to feed on. Perhaps we should ask the teachers whether they think American schools would be safer if children were allowed, were, were allowed to take were. guns into school. We should, why don't we ask the teachers whether they would feel more this comfortable data. in the class? This isn't opinion, this is fact. Why don't we look at the data? Let me go to someone that's why actually... We, why don't we ask the teachers, Michael? Do they think children should take guns into school? Let me, let me ask uh, someone that's actually... Uh, so, someone's actually running for office. Uh, we have a, a gentleman here, Gabriel Neela, who's actually running for state representative here in Austin, Texas. So, Gabriel, you know, what are your thoughts on... 
Okay, so here's the way I look at some of the some of the items. When it comes to allowing teachers to carry uh, on campus, it's already happening already. We've got, what, 133 yeah. Yeah. school districts in Texas that are Texas allowing this to happen. Also. It's all up to the school board that decides whether or not they want to have that happen. The biggest part on that end is to make sure that the, the people that do carry, that, that conceal carry, have the proper training, have, are, are uh, kept incognito so that they don't have to go around saying, hey, guess what, I'm carrying a gun. No. Let them go ahead. If they're going to be doing that, let the school districts handle that part on a district-by-district district basis. I actually, when I was working at a charter school, I even volunteered publicly that if, if, if we were going to be allowed to at a charter school, I would be the one that, was, that would be happy to carry because I was looking at the well-being of our, of our kids and well-being of our educators and the well-being of our campus. When it comes to what we need to do, we need to engage those kids a little bit more. One of the biggest problems that happened, with, especially with uh, Cruz, was that everybody pointed out to him, like you mentioned before, they, they said, that guy's going to be a killer. That guy's going to do something bad. What did you do to stop it? What did, what did the schools do to bring in services that are, that are done by the county or, or by other nonprofits so that they can wrap around and help out that child just a little bit more so that they can say, okay, we understand you have a problem. What are we going to do? What can we do to help you out? It's more about engaging the student and being able to let them know that, hey, they're okay. They're all right. But we need to do, let's see what we can do to help you out so that we can have that that premise. Now, when it comes to, you asked about, about students carrying, we had classes before where they had gun classes. They were taught in classes. The, the ROTC, I believe, that some, at one point in their time, when I was in, going to school, they carried. They had rifles that they were able to bring in to school. Okay. We didn't have shootings back then. And we, and we were okay. We were okay with that part. If you have a student that's going to be training in that, in that method, why not? Okay. So you because think were, schools would be safer and children would be safer if children carried guns in school? Responsible. Responsible. That's going to be the biggest part. And I think okay. he's, he's talking more. You're talking more teachers. You're not talking. No, no. Because schools, schools are elementary school, middle school, high school. So they can't even purchase. They can't possess. So no, and they don't. No, nah, not at that age. But no. the gentleman was saying that it would be better if children. I think if, if, they are in a, if they are in a program that allows them to do that, Okay, great. What's the harm? Well, I have a 16-year-old son. What he's saying, we have, we have shooting teams that are on... Going to school with a gun. No, 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 no. What he's saying, fearful if he did. There are shooting teams that are at schools. So there is a program where you're on this shooting team, and you okay. actually, as part of the program, like basketball, sure. tennis, that, that's good. shooting teams, you know, same thing. Texas is allowed. Under chapter 37 of, of, of the Texas Code, so, it is allowable where they can come on property under sponsored events. So you have... We have that in the United are, Kingdom, too. Okay, and that's the, one you're talking, and that's, the one, that's the one I'm talking about. I thought you were talking about carrying in the classroom. Oh, no. No, he was All right, so let me, go, let, me, let me go to Zach. Zach, so you got some, some numbers there. Yeah, um, what happened in Florida, it really brought up into the conversation uh, mass shootings. Everybody wanted to talk about mass shootings because, yes, it's a very emotional, visceral thing that happens, and when it happens to kids, it stirs up feelings it really you know uh, makes you think with a little bit less rational thought and more from just the way that you feel and what i see brought into the conversation is this problem of uh, people are calling them assault rifles basically ar-15 ak-47 uh, guns like that and here in america 
an assault rifle is not something that anybody can really own other than uh, basically firearms dealers because an assault rifle is something that's uh, select fire or basically fully automatic. And people can't own those. But there's this conversation about banning these guns that look like those, basically uh, your black rifles. Um, the AR-15 in particular, because it's so popular here in America. But when you look... Was that the one that the guy used in Parkland? Uh, yes. But basically, that gun is a semi-automatic rifle like any other hunting rifle. It looks a lot scarier. And the numbers, when you actually look at how many people are killed using a rifle, it's about 350 per year. And there are five times that many people killed by knives. And so, yeah, the gun, it looks really scary, but it's not something that we really need to be afraid of. But, yeah, everybody seems to be just scared out of their minds. Do you think President Trump is wrong to say at the weekend he would like to have more controls on guns then? Well, if he wants more controls, then, yeah, I believe he shouldn't be saying that. Yeah, because you're looking at the uh, the bump stocks. Bump stocks were actually approved under President Obama. And if President Trump decides to either ban bump stocks or suggest that, or he does any anything leading toward gun control, I'm telling you, he's going to be a one-term president. Why do you think he's he, talking about it this weekend, then? I don't. I think he mentioned it once, and I think he's backing away from it now. I think he's going towards saying let's arm teachers and let's leave it up to the states. And he backed away from that because now his, his Second Amendment, his base, is saying no. You're not going to restrict any firearms. You're not going to be that Republican it president that be. does this. It could be because he's a politician and he's seen that a clear majority of people in America today no, want, what he's want more is, control. No, he's seeing a, a loud minority that is actually speaking up yes. right now is what you're hearing. I thought the opinion polls were saying that a clear majority of people... Absolutely not. Control. It depends on where you're getting that opinion poll from. You're getting it from CNN, hashtag fake news, and that's, you know, that's where you, you know, they're so going to show you those numbers. Okay. I All right. CNN was just news. I mean, All right. And so we're talking, about, we're talking about the Second Amendment. We're talking about should we arm teachers. We're also asking you out there. I call in numbers 512-643-LIVE. That's 512-643-5483. Uh, you know... When it comes to, you know, I'm, you know what, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to save it when we come back from the break. You know, I don't think this is the answer when it comes to saying 18 to 21, we should raise, we should raise that eight limit from 18 to 21. You know, what are you going to do to that mother who's 19, 20 years old at home? Uh, uh, she doesn't have a, a husband and she wants to use a shotgun to protect herself. You're talking about banning that mother from being able to protect herself inside her home, and she's a single parent. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talking. This is Doug Man Jones. (laughs) And I get my gun news from Michael Cargill at Come and Talking.
Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now, here's Michael Cargill. That's right. I'm going to give you one more chance. One more chance to do it right this time. All right, so that's right. Donald Trump, he's going to get one more chance to correct what he said this past week. And he, we needs to, he needs to go to the, in that right direction there. So we're going to see what happens so that way we can still stand by him uh, as a, you know, a, a conservative party here. So let me go to my co-host, Janai. I think part of the problem that we're having is everybody wants to talk about what is happening in UK, what is happening in Australia, what is happening in this other country. We have to look at it as it's not a one-size-fits-all problem. It's got to be different in every country. Look, Australia, what's their border? Water. Nobody's going there. They have some of the toughest immigration laws that you will find. It's hard to get to Australia. UK, they have different laws. The United States, what do we have? Well, one of the problems I think we have is what's south of us? Every drug-dealing country that's out there, they're trying to get across the border and what do they bring when they come across the border, aside from drugs? Guns. So it's not a one-size-fits-all problem. We have to find, and, and different states face different uh, issues as well. In Texas, we have different problems than someone in Oregon. It's, we've got to stop looking at it that way and comparing ourselves to other countries. Some countries, they don't have very many guns because, quite frankly, they're too poor. They're looking for food thinking finding a gun is the last thing on their mind in the united states we're one of the richest countries in the world everybody no offense to your country but everybody wants to come here we have different problems in this country that you cannot compare the other countries to it doesn't resolve the problem it doesn't matter what happens in uk that's it's a moot point we need to get off that um a perfect example is Driving in in Oregon, perhaps, or in rural communities, children are able to drive at a younger age because they need to work. They need to they need to get to the grocery store to assist their parents. But in the city, you have to be sometimes eighteen, sometimes sixteen. It it varies depending on where you're located geographically, and it should be the same state by state. No, I don't think we should redu- reduce the ability to have a weapon, but. Maybe in a rural community, a responsible kid who's used a gun half of his life, he could bring a gun to school. But in a big city where we can afford to maybe get a veteran or someone else put metal detectors, it's not a one-size-fits-all problem. Now, she should run for office. That's what I'm talking about right there. (laughs) You, Janai, you got to run for office. You got to run for office. And you know what? I'm going to bring in some of my candidates who are actually, you know, who are running this this cycle here. Uh, and, sir, you're running for a lieutenant governor. Tell people your name. And uh, My name is Kerry uh, McKenna, and I am running, for, as you said, for lieutenant governor on the libertarian ticket. And we're all your freedoms all of the time. I mean, the, the Second Amendment is embodied in the libertarian party probably twice as much as it is in the GOP, I think. Um, for us, it's if if you can afford it, buy it. That's what I'm talking about. And let me go to uh, Kathy. She's running for governor. Yeah, yes, uh, I am. Kathy Glass, libertarian for Texas governor. On these school shootings, we need to do, Michael, at least five things that I can think of. One, end a gun-free zones. They're nothing but killing fields for disturbed people. Two, arm responsible adults on campus. Three, 
provide mental health services in a different way. We can't just kick people out on the streets, give them these psychotropic drugs, and expect that they won't deteriorate. And four, we need a program for teachers to be trained to spot these at-risk children so we can intervene and get them to, before they, it's obvious that they're going to do something in five. Get the feds out of it. These are unconstitutional uh gun laws and get the FBI out of local policing. This shooter had the local police come to his house 39 times. They did nothing. Sitting around waiting on the feds to do it. No, I agree with Janae. Let Texans run Texas. All right, let me go to the phone lines. Let me go to uh, line three. Corey, you're on with Come and Talk It. Line three. You're hey, right. Ty, Carl. What's going on? I appreciate you taking my call. Absolutely. So you're running for you're running for office also. Tell people your name and what office you're running for. Yeah, Corey Watkins, running for governor here in Texas as a libertarian. All right, and, and what's your stance on this subject in the Second Amendment? Well, I, I'm sick and tired of my freedom being taken in, in the name of safety. And, and I think the number one problem here is the government. They lie, steal, and cheat from us, and, and that's what they're doing. I think the solution is responsible gun owners using the free market to find solutions like peaceful ones uh, come and get into the uh, community and find uh, for free market solutions for these problems. All right. Okay, and let me go to line one. Line one, uh, Patrick, you're also running for office. And tell people your name and what office you're running for. Hi, I am Patrick Smith. I am running for not governor of Texas, which means I am running to win to not govern you. I'm running to represent the core of libertarian principle, which I think have been lost and watered down over the past 30 years. The principles are very simple, self-ownership and a universal application of the golden rule. Self-ownership means that everyone that can hear my voice, each and every one of you, has full ownership over yourself and the fruits of your labor. Self-ownership plus the golden rule means that as long as you're peaceful, as long as you're hurting no one and damaging no one else's property, that you are a sovereign entity whose own personal and individual consent determines who has the right to control you. And if you withdraw your consent, no body of politicians, no stack of laws, no magical constitution has the right to violate that consent, not to force your children into public schools, not to chase you down and rob you for not having the king's tax stamp on, on your car not to control what tools you use to defend yourself, not to extort your blood, sweat, and tears on April 15th every year, calling it an income tax. I'm here to remind the world that we are not livestock to be herded and milked and drained of our labor. You own yourself, and it's time that you finally be given your self-ownership back. It's time for you to lead yourself. All right, and and we have another gentleman here inside the studio here that's also running for office. Tell, Tell people your name and what office you're running for. How's it going? I'm Alan Miller. I'm running for Texas State Representative House District 4 um, and the Libertarian ticket. You know, whenever it comes to all this, uh, I believe, honestly, our founding fathers said it best when Benjamin Franklin said, anyone that would give up liberty for a little temporary safety deserves neither. No matter what we do, you know, we can try to come up with laws to... uh, for the mental ill to prevent them from getting guns, but a black market's going to pop up whenever you do that, period. It's going to make us less safe, more dangerous, and people are going to hide mental illness. So, All right, and so let me go around real quick. Okay, so 
Carrie, you know, what do you think we should do? Uh, should we arm teachers? Should we come up with new laws? Uh, what is our solution? You know, what could have been done differently in this Florida shooting? What could you have done differently? Or if there's anything? Well, first of all, locally, if they would have acted um, the way they should have, um, this would have been completely prevented and wouldn't even have been in the news. Uh, I don't want to institute or even bring to the floor any tables that start talking about banning anything that regards to you being able to defend yourself by any means necessary for your survival, period. I think teachers, um, that could be an implement, a program implemented, and um, in that way I would agree with Kathy Glass that that's something that we could do. I think we have to look at it closely because right now we have teachers that are telling us that they don't even um, have what they need in their classroom, and we're going to expect them to also arm themselves. And um, what are we going to do? Tell them it's okay. they have the guns, but unfortunately this this session we couldn't afford your bullets. All right, Kyle Austin, running for uh, state representative. What's your thoughts? Yeah, uh, so it's District Forty Nine as a Republican ticket, and I, there's definitely symptoms, and but no one's talking about a cure. And a lot of the symptoms people are trying to say either we ban the guns or we do this or that. And, I'm not for banning the guns. We should protect property rights. Everyone has the right to own property, and owning property has never infringed upon the rights of anyone. It's how people act that we need to make sure we keep people from refraining from infringing upon the rights of others. Now, in terms of what could have been done differently, we having responsible adults on the scene to respond to the, the issue could have been dealt with. But we did have the armed guard that was not doing his job. He ran away. We need to have responsible adults that are trained and willing. Not We don't force them. But let them have the choice. But the cure in this is not going to be any law. You can't legislate away evil. The only way we're going to solve this is a philosophic great awakening where people actually fight for their individual rights, where they fight for the joy of life, of existence, where people actually enjoy life and stop this nihilistic culture. When we end the nihilism in the country and promote life, liberty, property, and the pursuit of happiness as values and not something to just shun away, that's when we're going to see real change, and it's not going to happen overnight. It's going to take a long time to adjust the culture to this new idea. All right, so let me ask you this. Uh, because the Democrats are saying on one side that we need to come up with new laws. We need to restrict firearms. We even should possibly ban some firearms. And now I'm seeing some Republicans. I'm seeing the Florida governor. He's saying he took a big step back this week, and he's saying, okay, we should change the age limit from 18 to 21 for long guns. He's saying that we should you know, add some other restrictions in there. And this is a Republican. So we're going to get some gun control on the Republican leadership. You know, I'm seeing gun control on the Democrat leadership. I'm seeing gun control on the Republican leadership. You know, so, uh, you know, where should we go? Do the libertarians actually have the answer? You know, do the libertarians have the answer? So let me ask, you know, Kathy Glass, who's running for governor of Texas. Yes, we do have the answer, and it's freedom. It's more freedom and less laws. And and trusting people to come up with solutions that's right for them. I trust the principal to put together a team of responsible adults on his campus and not arm all teachers, but and not just teachers, but those who want to volunteer and want to do this. That Look, compare the brave teachers and coaches who risked their lives and gave their lives in the Florida shooting to the cowardly cops who just – 
uh, sat outside until it was safe to go in. So I think the, the principal needs to know who his team is. They need to train. They need to drill. They need to accept. If I accept this, it's not just my ability to carry and, and defend the children. It's my responsibility. And I think they'll do it. All right. So, Ed, you know, you heard for some elected officials here. You know, what are your thoughts on that, Ed? Well, I think we need to talk about um, personal freedom and liberty, but that includes the, the liberty of children, adults who lost their lives last week, who had their life taken away from them. I think we needed a great awakening, but I wonder if the great awakening is not what the president is reflecting, which is you need to have a proper debate about gun control and nihilism. The nihilism is my right to own a gun trumps everything including the rights of those kids to, to live. I guess in the end, if you're a libertarian, you may not accept this, but for most of us, we think, well, in a society, we hugely value liberty and freedom, but we have to have some rules, which mean we can all work and live together. And you can't say one person's right to do one thing just is absolutely sacrosanct if it ends up impacting upon other people's lives and their ability to live and to live freely. So in the end, it's always a compromise between liberty and ways in which we can together, through democracy, come up with rules of the game. And at the moment, it feels to me as though the rules of the game here in Texas and in America on gun control are too loose and are putting at risk the freedom of young people and, and adults. And you guys may not accept this, but I kind of feel that the Republican president, Mr Trump, and the Republican governor in this state are on the right lines. I feel as though the Great Awakening is a realisation here in America. You're going to have to do something about this. I'm about to come out of my chair. (laughs) 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 Um, I I think you have a misunderstanding about libertarians and libertarianism. When we talk about your liberty and your right to self-defense by any means necessary for survival, we're not saying that you have the right to infringe upon other people's rights. We never said that. Okay. You're, um, you're, that's an assumption that people have about the Libertarian Party when we talk about liberties and freedoms. When we talk about your liberties that you have, those are your liberties. And you do not have the right to infringe, your li- to infringe someone else's liberties or freedoms. We do not believe in using by force to change social, economic, or political change. Okay. But that's in that case, you know what? In that case, in that case, I'm voting for this guy right here. But my only question then is: Wait, wait, hold on. Tell him your name one more time. It's Kerry McKinnon. I'm running for Lieutenant Governor of Texas. Hashtag Can Dan. Well, in that case, my only question is: What are you going to do? Because you're going to have to do something, and it feels like. Too often people are saying, well, look, it's terrible what happened with these kids, these shootings. But in the end, it's a price we pay to be a society where anybody can carry. And it feels to me that that's too big a price to pay. I think rather a lot of American citizens are thinking that now. And there is a big spectrum between total freedom on guns and banning guns. In Britain, we ban handguns. You're not going to do that. But at the moment... You're too far over here. And if I was a libertarian, I'm not. If I was a libertarian and I wanted to um, get elected, maybe I've got to kind of join that debate and start talking about what are we going to do? More guns for kids? 
Are you are you saying that are you saying that no one in Britain has a handgun? It's no illegal, one. It's illegal for private citizens to own and carry oh, handguns. So it's okay for, it's okay for us to protect the elite. Well, with handguns, with their bodyguards and different things like that. Uh, and their protection and their defense is paramount uh, in regards to the average citizen. Is that what you're saying? Well, I was a member of our cabinet in the government, um, elected cabinet member. I never had any protection at all. I never had anybody with a gun protecting me. Um, it is true that and now at our airports and our parliament... There are some armed guys, but our police officers who are policing normal events, including events I would do as a member of parliament, they were all unarmed. So um, it's not the case that the elites have got the guns and the citizens haven't. We happen to live in a society where citizens, rich and poor, don't carry guns. You're not so, going to get to that. So I understand that. So it's all different in different. The only thing I'd say how to you is. gun control stop a shooting right now? What would we do? Well, how, how would your gun control measures stop a shooting? The shooter comes through the door right now. What do we do? What's your answer, sir? Well, I think you have to go back to the prior I'm question. Dead. So is this guy. Not fast enough. Kathy's just dead. Well, You're dead now. You, you ran out of time. Bang, 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 bang. Those semi-automatic weapons you're so afraid of. How would your gun control stop that? How are you going to save us with your gun control? Well, okay. You live. You live in a society where that kind of shooting. No. Wait, let, let me make my point because you made yours. You live in a society where that kind of shooting is happening every day. I live in a society with strong gun controls where that rarely or never happens. That's the difference. Do we do not. We have not had a single school shooting in eighteen years, and you've had four. In the last couple of months, the reason why somebody might come through that door right now and start shooting is because this is America and you've not got a control of guns. That's the difference. Thank you for bringing up our governor. When it comes to gun rights, Greg Abbott is not one of us. He didn't put constitutional carry on the special session call, even though his own party made that their number one legislative priority. He's talking with President Trump about some regulations. And so if if. If gun rights is what you want, you need to vote the Libertarian because we're your only choice. But it isn't the answer so far in America. But so far, but so far in America, so far, so far in America, there aren't any Libertarian governors who've got elected. And Donald Trump did get elected as a Republican president because he could see how people were thinking and feeling. And in the last week, the reason why he's talking about gun control is because I think that is the direction this country is now moving in. And if I was a libertarian, I would think, if I don't engage with that, I might not have a chance. I'll tell you what's going to happen this midterm election. If there is some type of gun control measure that is introduced and actually passes this year, what's going to happen is the House or the Senate is going to flip to the other side. Any gun control. Any gun control whatsoever. At all any gun control, whatever, the House or the Senate is going to flip, and he's going to lose power, he's going to lose control. There is nothing you can do to control guns. I promise you, the House or the Senate will flip. Janai. I have a hypothetical. And it's not really a hypothetical. I have to go through this every morning. I own a business, downtown Austin, okay? What would your solution be for somebody like me? I open my store, 
It's dark out because it's still 5.30 in the morning. I'm by myself. And um, we have an alley. Am I supposed to just be a sitting duck? Look, I think it's really tough for you. I totally understand that. In Britain and France and Germany and Australia, a store owner or a business owner like you would not be armed and people would not walk in with guns. But in modern Texas, you are absolutely right. It's been this for a very long time. Guns are everywhere, every day. In a world in which everybody's got guns, I totally understand why you want a gun to protect you. The issue, though, is whether there's things you can do to control the kinds of guns or who has them. And I just have to say to you, you may disagree with this, this 19-year-old who killed people in Parkland, the reason he wasn't arrested was because he hadn't committed a crime until he fired his gun. And the idea that you want to live in a society where a 19-year-old who is still young and still developing and still growing and still getting wisdom can own not just a gun but a semi-automatic kind of weapon of mass destruction, I would, if I was a legislator and somebody said, let's raise the, image, the, the age limit here in Texas, I'd vote to raise the, the age limit because I'd want to keep kids safe. All right, so online, Jack Kinney says, you make him want to go out and buy a gun. Um, <laughs> now, why did he want, why did he want Florida, to buy a gun, Michael? He should have been Baker acted. You know, they should have done that. They, he was expelled from the school. He was actually suspended from the school for bringing weapons and bullets to school. That is, you know, he committed a crime. So there, and he was, police were sent to his house 39 times. So law enforcement took upon themselves not to Baker Act this guy. Uh, there was a lot of reason to do that. Also, his social so media posts. So you're saying there wasn't The things gun- that he did on Twitter and Instagram, those are things that he, sh- he should have been so charged with a crime in, for. In the case of this individual, you're telling me... There was not enough gun control. He there, should have, we, he should, there should have been you, more gun control. I'm telling you that we have laws. Have guns. No, I'm telling You're you. You're making we, my case. We have laws more on the control. books, and the law enforcement did not follow them. The they school should. did not press charges against him. His parents, who knew him the most, or his guardian, did not press charges against him. His gun ownership should have been controlled. No, absolutely yes. not. Let's That's see. what you're saying. How do you accomplish that? I'm a Texan, and I'm an American. America started when the Brits tried to take our guns and we fought back. I'm a Texan. Uh, when the Mexican government came to take our, our cannons, we flew a flag called come and take it. Uh, if some non-Texan, uh, the federal government, tries to stop us from having guns, it will create a okay. bloody civil war that will kill, make the deaths that we've seen so far be okay. nothing. We are not giving up our freedoms in Texas. We are going to defend them to the death, and but we sir, will kill and be killed for that. Don't, yeah, yeah. I'm but, sir, but, but sir, yeah. I totally understand the argument you've and just I'm made. And I'm running for state senate district 7. I totally understand the argument you've just made. Yes. You've made a strong defense of the Second Amendment and the right of an individual to bear arms here in Texas. I can see you're not going to change that. I'm not persuading you to change that. But you already say if you're a convicted felon, you can't have a gun. You say if you are on, uh, dishonorably discharged, you can't have a gun. An automatic weapon, you can't own that. You've already instituted controls which reduce the pure individual's right to own any gun in any way. The debate is, have you gone far enough or should it be 21-year-olds rather than 18? Should it be um, not having semi-automatic weapons owned by um, individuals? Should you be saying that you shouldn't be able to open carry? These are the kind of things I'm raising. I'm not saying it's, 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 it's not either 
anybody, any gun, any time, or repeal the Second Amendment is where you strike the balance. And it feels to me in America, you're out of balance. So what we should do is, what we're saying is what we should... These guys are about to start a civil war. Don't do it. Most, too many people are going to die. Hold on, can't hear you. Hold on. I kind of feel that too many people are dying already. All right, so let, let me, let, hold on, let me go back to Janai. Yes. Give me something. Yeah, 30 seconds. <laughs> I know. Um, goodness. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, Don't I, invite I, a Brit on your radio show. <laughs> oh, no. We, want, we welcome you. We, we welcome you. I think we, we need to allow people to purchase guns. I, I don't think that, that uh, keep the laws we have on the books, enforce the one and enforce them. I think we need to continue to have a, a debate, but I think it needs to be state by state, and we need to stop comparing ourselves to other countries. Jill from Texas Gun Sense. I think I'm learning, and I sure have learned from all of you, and I appreciate your time. Um, one thing I would say agree with is I hear folks in the audience sometimes saying, enforce the laws we have, and I, I couldn't agree with you more. The child access protection law is one of them. Background checks, we do not do a good job of enforcing the laws that we have, for example. There are some uh, – if we're going to the Parkland shooting um, example – Texas Gun Sense has supported a lethal violence protective order. It's called different things in different states. There's a really high bar in Texas, as it should be. I think the libertarians would definitely agree with me. There's a high bar of having someone committed in, involuntarily okay. in, uh, for mental illness. But when there are a number of red flags, a lethal violence protective order gives the police, a family member, a chance to go to a judge. The judge makes the decision. We should temporarily take those guns away to prevent harm to oneself or others with a clear path how to get those guns back. All right. Zach. If you want to talk about putting more laws on the books to restrict gun ownership, you're going to restrict the people who obey laws. Kids like Nicholas Cruz, he was willing to murder 17 people. So murder is already against the law on the books. So. All right. So this guy, you're, we're talking the cops visit his home 39 times. You're saying they did nothing. Uh, we're saying the FBI actually was contacted twice, and they had reasons to investigate this guy and bring him on charges. Instead, they did nothing. Uh, we're saying that three armed deputies were at the school and did not go into the building ex you know, until no one went to that building until some other law enforcement officers came from another territory went into that building. That's not the answer. We're saying armed teachers. We're saying we need to empower ourselves to protect ourselves. As always, more guns equals less crime. Go out and buy yourself a gun. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.